Okay. And let's uh, tune ourselves on in here. It is... Hmm. 11.59. Oh, nope. It is 12 a.m. All right. 12 a.m. And I hear a ghetto bird over the neighborhood. I recently put up some material showing um, how the Los Angeles Police Department ghetto bird is a... An expensive pollution machine, which I and I think said there's about 15 of them just floating around the city at any given time. Ah, but here we are, 12 a.m. I have a shift to get to later. I might even have a chance to uh, maybe lay back down and close my eyes for maybe like 90 minutes before going to that shift if I'm recording at this time. So. We are looking at the guardian.com slash UK. We know these folks. You know these folks. We've been over here before. Um, uh, article up by Helen Pidd. And this was uh, published. Oh, God. They do those uh, those military hours. Whatever 1328 is. Uh, uh, it's uh, 1.30 p.m. All right. 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Teenagers on trial for the murder of Brianna Jai were in it together, jurors told. We're going to have to go with the Guardian here, and then we're going to have to hop over to the uh, the uh, the Manchester Evening News for more. Uh, the Guardian runs short, the Manchester runs long. Uh, we'll get some similar information, slightly different details focused upon. So beginning from the Guardian here... <coughs> Helen Pidd tells us that the two teenagers blaming each other for the frenzied murder of Brianna Jai. I'm saying Jai now instead of gay because G-H-E-Y, that looks like gay or gay, like silent H, right? But um, I was I found some material published to the YouTube with some folks from the UK talking and they said her name and said Jai, Jai, Jai. So I think uh, Brianna Jai, or I must know now at least. Yeah, like I have confirmation. <clears throat> uh, I've been saying Brianna gay for like 10, 12, 13 episodes. Um, so Brianna Jai, uh, and they were in Warrington Park and that they were in on it together. All right. The jurors have been told uh, this before starting their deliberations. The 16-year-old Brianna Jai was stabbed 28 times in her head, neck, chest, and back in Lanier Park in Kolkath, a village near Warrington, Cheshire, on the afternoon of February 11th, much earlier this year. We are now in the month of December. It is December 20th, literally three minutes ago almost started recording on the 19th so now um two teenagers identified as girl x and boy y have been on the trial that we've been going over here the jury at the manchester crown court was warned on tuesday not to be tempted to try to find an explanation for the killing in her closing speech, the prosecuting um, uh, KC, King's Counsel, not attorney, but King's Counsel. All right. So the prosecuting King's Counsel, Deanna Heer, remember H-E-E-R, we've heard from this whole time. 
she told the jurors, quote, You may find it hard to fathom how two children could behave the way they did. The temptation might be to try and find an explanation for what they did and why. They are only children, after all. But in a criminal case, the prosecution doesn't have to prove why a crime is committed, only that it has been. In murder cases in particular, we sometimes never know why a crime is committed. Don't be tempted to try and work out why they would do what they did, end quote. Right? So she's telling them, like, hey, it's just the fact that they murdered someone and it's obvious as fuck, even though they're both denying. All right? So don't sit there and try to be like, well, how could they? So that is something I, I noticed um, when I found some material on the YouTube talking about this. They were saying that this area, this whole Colketh Lanier area out here in the Manchester that it's pr a pretty sleepy town like uh, not much really cracks off there like folks are just kind of having a hot cuppa and eating some uh, beans and bread or whatever the fuck they eat out there uh, hash I don't know <clears throat> alright but uh, that's uh, what I heard in that YouTube material and I so I maybe understand why they're uh why Deanna here is 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 focusing on that like don't sit there and be like I just don't understand mm. you don't you're not supposed to that's your job is not to understand your job is to come back with guilty or not guilty on these obvious fucking murderers that's how she wanted to word it now uh, continuing, uh, she told the jury they did not have to decide. Uh, uh, Deanna here said they may well conclude that the boy inflicted at least some of the stab wounds uh, using a hunting knife that he brought for £13.50 on a skiing holiday six weeks before the killing. Brianna's blood was found on his coat and shoes as well as on the knife the court has heard. Meanwhile, the barrister, which would be the lawyer for Girl X, who was Richard Pratt, told the jury, quote, There's not even so much as a microscopically observable droplet of blood on Girl X's jacket or her shoes. There is not a cell of Girl X's DNA on anything incriminating in this case. End quote. But, Deanna here reminded the jury that a forensic scientist by the name of Jane Ruffley, we heard from Jane earlier, bless the nerd, um, Jane Ruffley had told the court it was entirely possible that Girl X had stabbed Brianna at least once, either before her blood started to flow or after it had started to flow. Welcome to it. It's possible to do a clean job. If you've ever done a job before, you might know that. Continuing... The prosecutor also suggested that Girl X may have used Boy Y as her hitman, reminding them that she had once re referred to her co-accused as a Tesco John Wick, or a budget version of the assassin played by Keanu Reeves in the Hollywood film franchise, saying, quote, 
You may think that's why she referred to Y in that way, because he was her hitman. End quote. Deanna here further told the jury that the teenagers were the only suspects, adding, quote, the evidence suggests that they both participated in Brianna's murder in the following ways. Firstly, they both encouraged the other to kill Brianna. Secondly, they both contributed to a plan to kill Brianna. Thirdly, they both played a part in carrying out the plan. And fourthly, after they had killed her, they both took steps to conceal and cover up their guilt. End quote. Of course, they end quote, but then they tell us that she added, quote, once more, the evidence suggests from first to last, these two defendants were in it together. Final quote, the trial continues. And the Guardian cuts things off there. So now we hop over to the fucking long-winded ass ManchesterEveningNews.co.uk with an article up by John Shearhout. Maybe Shearhout? S-C-H-E-E-R-H-O-U-T. Shearhout? Uh, headline, boy accused of Brianna Jai murder... Uh, was an extra in tragedy scripted and directed by girl um, uh, who's co-accused the jurors are told all right so let's look into this article for what was um, not mentioned in the guardian article so there might be a little hop skip and a jump so coming in at paragraph four as the trial resumed at the manchester crown court tuesday the jurors heard the closing address from Richard Littler, uh, King's counsel, on behalf of Boy Huai. All right. So Richard Littler is t- is reminding us uh, Boy Huai was diagnosed with autism and selective mutism disorder since his arrest. He was allowed to give his evidence by typing his answers. He further told the jurors, quote, if this case were a play, it would definitely be a tragedy, wouldn't it? The script would have been written by Girl X, it would have been directed by Girl X, it would have been staged by Girl X, it would have been produced by Girl X. And the central character in this case would have been Girl X, wouldn't it? The central issue for you in this case is whether you decide in this case you can be sure on the evidence whether Boy Huai was part of the cast or just an extra drafted in for that afternoon of February 11th in Kolkath. Or was Boy Huai a fully paid-up member of the plan? And he continues saying, did you know? uh, uh, Did he know? Did he expect? Did he assist in any real sense with the execution of that plan? End quote. Uh, The barrister, lawyer, king's counsel, all these names... Uh, he, he dismissed the wild theories expressed by blood experts or police about the motive uh, for the attack when the truth there isn't any, eviden- isn't any evidential foundation for that motive. The jurors were told they should concentrate on evidence, not speculation. Uh, stop there. Excuse me, but boy why was using transphobic slurs referring to Brianna as it. And joining in on all that murder talk that we saw in those text messages and those WhatsApp messages. 
So, excuse me, on motive, somebody's talking transphobic shit and talking about murdering people with another person saying that they're obsessed with a transgender person. And they get together and meet there and he brings a knife that he purchased for £13.50. $13.50. And the transgender person is now dead and her blood is on you and what this lawyer is actually gonna say out of his funky ass mouth is what wild theories expressed by blood experts or the police about the motive for an attack when in truth there isn't any evidential foundation for that motive transphobic slurs dead transgender person transgender person's blood on clothes that aren't hers get the fuck out of here Richard Littler doing your job doing your lawyer job ugly job Jesus continuing he continues uh, he keeps talking quote I make no apology for reminding you you will only find Boy Huai guilty of this most serious crime if having looked at and considered all the evidence, not the speculation, you are sure of his guilt. Anything less than you are being sure just won't wash. End quote. Um, that, and it is a quote. I understand him, but I don't really understand him because, again, they're out there in the UK, they're in Manchester, and they're... The sentences are structured a little different at times. Uh, Continuing. He reminded the jurors his client faced serious allegations, but was still a young child. Uh, The King's Counsel said, quote, If you were sitting in the public gallery and you were watching a loved one or a friend being tried, you would hope that that jury would only find that person guilty if they were sure on the evidence. End quote. Ah, that appeal to emotion. Well, what, what, what if you knew him? You wouldn't want him locked up when he had the knife and the blood on him, and he get the, all right, all right. Let's 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 get this thing done up with here. Richard Littler says more words. Quote: We would invite you to put emotion and prejudice on one side in this case. Compartmentalize. Uh, we invite you not to hold against Boy Y his obvious, you might think, autistic traits. We should never judge a person or discriminate against a person based on their gender identity in the same way we should never judge or discriminate against a person just because of their neurodiversity. Welcome to the bullshit, nigga. So... What he is trying to draw up as comparable with this rhetoric is Boy Y having blood on his motherfucking clothes, knife and with blood on it at his motherfucking house, his DNA on the knife, which you can just get from like skin and sweat getting on these damn things, uh, these funky ass days. <clears throat> And him calling Brianna uh, uh, transphobic slurs and it 
he's trying to make that the same as, well, he's autistic and has selective mutism and is committed of that. The, that being, get, it, there's no comparison. And you see how it may, it, uh, we've talked about this before, how somebody that, we're, and we were talking about it with like Republicans and right-wingers out here in, in the States and all, right? How they say stupid bullshit with their whole chest out with full confidence. And it's such stupid bullshit that we're stammering trying to say, what, 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 what are you talking about? That now we sound like we're stupid. When it's that we're responding to something so stupid that it's dumbfounding, if you will. Excuse us for being in a state of flabbergastion. I don't think that's a word, but we're flabbergasted, buddy. And I'm damn near flabbergasted at just the the mandacity of this cis man to say this shit, Richard Littler. I guess, again, lawyer doing his lawyer job. But goddamn, it's a good way to become unpopular. Definitely with me. I'm here to emote. Continuing. Um, the King's Council went on to tell the jurors, um, went on that the jurors should not discriminate against a person based on how they look or behave, and nor if they admire the craftsmanship of a knife, as Boy Y has said in his evidence. Oh yeah. You know, the kid that was accused of murdering very credibly with blood on him and being at the location accused of murdering someone with a knife Ignore the fact that he liked the craftsmanship of the knife. Don't don't think about what he said he thought about the knife that had the blood on it. This is fucking rowdy. It's like saying, hey, ignore the fact that Gordon Ramsay was talking about spices. Ah. Alright. The barrister reminded the jurors that, um... <sighs> reminded uh, the jurors they had uh, benefited from seeing Boy Huai giving his answers in the court and to the police and that he had been um, diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Mr. Littler said, uh, quote, when Boy Huai gave his evidence, he tells you he learned how to speak to others in group chat. He copied their language and you might agree looking at him and looking at the message between him and Girl X that he has some difficulties expressing himself, end quote. The King's counsel uh, said his client's autism impacts on his anxiety, his presentation, and his communication skills. Mr. Littler further pointed out that his client's presentation during five police interviews the day after the stabbing and his suggested autism affected the boy's ability to make eye contact and express himself. Uh, the KC said um, even Girl X diagnosed boy as autistic in the messages they have seen. And now he's saying that a fellow teenager has the knowledge and skills to diagnose a motherfucker with autism ahead of time. Aight. We're all having a good time here, aren't we? Hmm. Quote, She knew he was socially awkward, socially inept. End quote, said Mr. Littler, who suggested his client was utterly devoid of any social confidence. 
Mr. Littler said it was agreed evidence that his client stopped speaking to anybody apart from his mother after he was remanded into custody. Oh yeah, that's weird. A, a teenager gets arrested for murder and is now in jail awaiting trial and the only one he's talking to is mom's. There's literally... There's a song called A Loke Is On His Own where J.O. Felony is bemoaning that he's made so many mistakes in his life that his mother won't talk to him anymore. And he's saying, I can't call home. A Loke Is On His Own. Mom's is tripping. She got a block on the phone. I can't call home. A Loke Is On His Own. Mom's is tripping. She got a block on the phone. Like, yeah. Because... You caught up in some shit, and now you really just need to talk to moms now. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Deeply and profoundly unserious, but also, I don't know, he's a lawyer, so he's doing his job serious, doing the best he can for his client. Come on. Um, whew. Um, the King's Council said it was also agreed his client had been diagnosed with selective mutism disorder, quote, and everyone agrees his silence is not a matter of choice and his verbal communication challenges are beyond his personal control, end quote. And he further suggested to the jurors they had seen this during his client's five police interviews when his voice gradually became quieter and quieter uh, before disappearing altogether. Oh, yeah. Which, like, again, at the same time, like, as the person doing the commentary here, you don't want to be ableist and whatnot. But again, I could imagine a neurotypical teenager, preteen child getting quieter and quieter in the police damn thing with the police questioning you after you know good and goddamn well you murdered somebody and you're caught and you're fucked. Hell, I could see that going on with a neurotypical adult. Matter of fact, hell, I deal with neurotypical adults and that shit in situations that don't involve murder at all. People that just fucked up doing their job. Right? I grabbed the wrong size box. Grabbed the wrong wrench. Oh, dropped a machine part. Oh, broke a piece of equipment or something. Oh, get quieter and quieter. This nigga's trying to attribute that to, oh, to, oh, that, that's only from selective mutism or autism. Like, that just sounds like people, my nigga. <clears throat> like, nigga, I'm way too 40 for shit like that. You don't tell no grown-ass adult no bullshit like that. Uh, continuing with my disgruntled commentary <sighs> quote one unable to speak the other ready and willing to confidently tread the boards and lie and lie again with the odd laugh and a smirk end quote said Mr. Lidler who said he had counted 17 occasions when girl X had laughed when she gave her lying account to police excuse me pause Okay, looking over here at the Advocate article published uh, six days ago, a bit down article, several paragraphs down, right here. Quote from the article, The Advocate. Um, 
Because of their ages, the accused are called Boy Y and Girl X in public. Girl X and Boy Y are now 16, uh, but who were 15 at the time of the murder, pleaded not guilty to the charges and instead accused the other of killing Brianna Jai. The judge in the case advised jurors that Boy Y is autistic and that both accused suffer from the other mental health issues. Both mental health issues. What's this lawyer talking about? Hold up. Pause. Okay. And then over here on um, inews.co.uk, at the very uh, bottom, bottom, bottom of the article, right, we're looking at the... uh, At the top of the last four paragraphs, uh, before the prosecution opening began, Mrs. Justice Yip, right? Remember that? Uh, The the judge's name is Yip, Y-I-P. Mrs. Justice Yip told jurors to put their emotions to one side and calmly and dispassionately make their decisions based solely on the evidence they will hear. Jurors were told, Boy Y has been diagnosed with autism since being arrested, while Girl X also displayed signs of autism and ADHD. Now, uh, let's end all my, my precious pausing here. Because now I want to go back to Mr. Littler, and as he uh, is making his closing argument here, and uh, again, what did Mr. Littler say before I just went off and went running to other articles for some refreshers here? Mr. Littler tells us, um, one unable to speak, the other ready and willing to confidently tread the boards and lie and lie again with an odd laugh and a smirk. Uh, end quote, as Mr. Littler said he had counted 17 occasions when Girl X had laughed while giving her account to police. And then it hops into spots that we saw in the Guardian article and just checking my audio here because what was that? Okay, we don't have to hop down very far to get um, further information because the Manchester Evening News really is like they are more quote heavy more so than explaining the story right um, like the Guardian is more for like the uh, the passive consumer of news while the Manchester Evening News is uh, more more tight for like hey nerds get over here you know <clears throat> and so this I don't look at court stuff very often I've outside of that silly foster care shit where they fucking changed my name and fucked my name all up uh, they, uh, I've never been in court I don't know what goes on in court I don't watch court TV I don't watch police TV I don't really watch a lot of movies with court scenes and then even though those are movies you know so I don't know how real that stuff and even like the court stuff on TV is like It's a show that's meant to entertain, you know, so I don't really know court at all. So, like, y'all tell me in the comments, all three of you that comment every once a year, uh, you tell me, is this some shit that a lawyer be saying in court? Check out where fucking Mr. Littler, uh, defending boy why goes with this. Says, um... Mr. Littler said Boy Y could be found guilty in two ways. 
Firstly, if the jurors concluded that he stabbed Brianna himself, and secondly, if he had not stabbed her, if they concluded he encouraged or assisted girl X to do so. The King's counsel went on, the defense uh, went on, the, the defense had a massive problem and that there should also be a charge of theft on the indictment because girl X had stolen our defense even though boy Y told police straight away that girl X had stabbed Brianna. Like, you're saying they stole the argument? Stole the story? Uh, Mr. Littler said girl X has now decided to invent the same defense. She knows that she can articulate that defense to you confidently while she watches boy Y in the dock or in the witness box mute, attempting to give evidence by typing his answers. Continuing. Again, I've, n- I've never seen anything like that. So charge her with theft for stealing his story. Okay. I mean, he got he had the knife with the blood on it. His blood. And then the whole considerable force thing. I don't know. Strength differences. Isn't this turf island? Um, the KC King's Council said after girl X killed Brianna at um, uh, 1500 hours, six and 27 seconds. So 1500 hours six. So that's uh, three hours after 12. That's uh, 3.06 p.m. and 27 seconds. And girl X took Brianna's phone and sent a message to herself reading, Girl, where are you? Mr. Littler suggested that girl X had deleted chats on her phone and he went on that counter uh, and he went on that uh, counter to the argument by the prosecution. There's an oddly placed comma there that threw me off. Uh, He didn't think that girl X was good friends with Brianna. Yeah, none of us do. That's, you know, the whole murder thing. Nigga. All right. Uh, Mr. Littler, uh, turning on why there was none of Brianna's blood found on girl X's clothes, suggested girl K knew the police were on their way uh, to her home and that um, and that the top may have been washed. The KC suggested the red top seized by the police may have been different to the red top she was wearing. At the time, or girl X had been lucky and the wrong top was seized by officers. Is this nigga just speculating? All right. I mean, but also like, this is the same girl X that was stupid enough to just have the handwritten note that she made sitting in the bin. It's not even like she tore it into small pieces and threw it in the bin. That would be the receptacle or the garbage can out there in the UK. They call it the bin. Um, Yeah, like she didn't burn it. Like this is that same stupid ass girl. And you think that now she's that nefarious schemer? She's not some brilliant genius. Right, like now he's he's making her a comic book villain when really she's just a transphobic murderer, like all the rest of the transphobic murderers. The fuck out of here. Continuing. Um, yeah, girl X had been lucky enough, and the wrong top was seized by the officers. That's some wild ass speculating. Quote: He says, 
Did they get the right one? Was there another one? End quote. In the case, he said there were two possible explanations for Beyonder's blood being found on his client. Here we go. What's one and what's two? One was that he was the stabber, and the second that he was close by when Girl X carried out the stabbing. But excuse me, but boy, why? Let me check my audio. <clears throat> but boy, why? Um, said that he wasn't nearby. He was facing a tree trying to focus. Wait, no, change that story in real time. He was peeing on the tree uh, and he went to go check on her because he heard screaming, right? Wasn't that the story that Boy Huai said himself? Boy Huai, are you lying now? This weirdo ass shit. All right. Let's keep going. Um, Mr. Littler reminded the jurors his client had told him he went for a wee. Oh, well, there, that's urinating. Went for a wee. And that when he returned, he saw Brianna on the floor. His client had told police this uh, before there was... was ooh, excuse me. He told police this before any forensic or expert evidence... Um, about the blood said the KC no so you mean to tell me that somebody gave a testimony before the scientists were done with the science because that's kind of the first thing that happens yeah Mr. Littler uh, pointed to the evidence of dog walkers who said they had seen girl X following the stabbing one of them had given evidence that she had seen girl X, who was about seven feet away, uh, that she turned and stared at her for between five and eight seconds, and that she thought this was very unusual, the jurors were told. The evidence of the dog walker uh, sort of fits with the description Brianna had given of girl X acting weird, and that it also fits with, the boy, with what boy Y had told police, Mr. Littler said Mr. Littler. He also told jurors that Girl X was the stabber, They, which is, I swear, if he's actually saying the stabber in court, uh, that Girl X was the stabber and that his client was a spectator, urging the jurors to look at the evidence from the messages they had seen and also from the evidence of the dog walkers. The messages speak for themselves and clearly indicate the, cur- the killer was Girl X said Mr. Littler. I'm not going to keep reiterating the blood on the coat and shoes. Um, The King's Council said the messages were evidence of manipulation, controlling, and grooming, and that Girl X had controlled and manipulated Brianna, who was vulnerable, that Girl X had even asked Brianna to get a number 28 bus, and you might think rather chillingly told her to get a child's single ticket. The KC suggested that Girl X was also highly manipulative with Boy Y, adding that the prosecution may be right when they suggested for Girl X it was a fantasy that turned into reality. Mr. Littler said the fantasy and the reality were different for different people, going on that Girl X knew his client had a personality disorder. 
In her own notebooks, Girl X had described the boy as trustworthy, a sociopath with a good sense of humor and a genius. The jurors were told. Girl X also knew that Boy Y had strong feelings for another girl and used those feelings to manipulate him, said Mr. Littler. Is that who Girl K is? With all these algebraic names? Algebraic? Algebraic? I haven't been in high school in quite some time. Uh, the jurors had previously heard Boy Y had referred to Brianna as it. Yes, I've reiterated that several times over. And Mr. Littler asked the jurors to disregard his client's juvenile views, adding that it does not make him a murderer in the case. Juvenile views, excuse me, nigga, but transphobia is not age exclusive. That's not a juvenile view. That is a conventional wisdom view. And a poorly constructed sentence by William. Me. Mr. Lidler said, quote, his defense has always been that what happened in Colcath Park did not, uh, he did not expect it to happen. When he handed the knife over, he did not believe for one moment it was going to be used. Is it possible that Girl X did something that Boy Y had not seriously expected to happen? Quote, he believed that Girl X's fantasy he believed Girl X's fantasy, and he did not believe what Girl X said she had done. It quote. No, right? The King's counsel said his client went along with the story because he believed Girl X would help him with the girl he liked. Girl K, I imagine. Saying, quote, Yes, he went along with the knife because he uh, she asked for it. And, didn't, and did not believe for one moment she would use it. End quote. <clears throat> he further says that, uh, quote, Girl X uh, did stab Brianna 28 times. She said, try- now that's some wacky wild bullshit. So the one that you find far less or little to no blood on to where you have to speculate that she did laundry and shit that all 28 stabs were her, which that would mean the ones in the back that punctured the lungs and the ones in the front that went through the, um, that went through the chest plate and the ones in the fucking head and the neck that all those were her and only the blood is found on him. This is what you, an adult are saying out loud to other adults. Alright, motherfucker. Alright, nigga. Keep going. <clears throat> so he says, Girl X did stab Brianna 28 times. She had tried to kill her before. She did turn fantasy into reality. Girl X tried to turn fantasy into reality twice. She needed Boy Huai at the park because she needed to use his knife because she wouldn't be stupid enough to use her own. Oh yeah, again, the same one that did all this other sloppy shit just wasn't stupid enough for that sloppy shit. Nigga. I swear to fuck, like, the way he is talking about her, like, this is Schrodinger's murderer. Like, he is talking about her the way, like, racist white people in America talk about black folks and Mexicans. 
right lazy and taking all our jobs giant scary mature adults and childlike and need to be looked after I nigga playing what do they call that on the internet playing in my face and continuing the king's council said the girl x needed boy y to trick beyonder and uh she also pretended his client wanted some drugs uh she used boy y because he was stupid enough to come along damn nigga now just he, he like don't be ableism toward my stupid client this nigga has devolved into just calling boy why fucking stupid. That's in the quote. Quote, stupid enough to come along. And he said because he was stupid enough to come along. That is declarative. He is declaring stupidity. Nigga. Okay. Uh, continuing toward the end here. We're almost... uh at the bottom of the manchestereveningnews.co.uk article. Uh, Girl X also needed Boy Y to blame if her cover story did not work and then adopted his defense. Sure. Uh, Mr. Littler concluded um, the truth... It could be, yeah, adopted his defense. Like, nigga, so what you're telling me is, so what, like, the police heard everything whoop 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 from him and then what did they like fucking like type up a blog but then make it private and send her the link only was it a google doc and they were like here here's the defense he's gonna use turn it around and make it your own how the fuck did she know what he said how did she know what his lawyer was planning to say nigga this guy has to be a public defender um Continuing, That's probably classist on my end. But I guess maybe you could notice by public defender, overworked, doesn't know what he's doing. And now he's on this relatively big, very uh, visible trial. Maybe overwhelmed. And again, lawyers doing their lawyer job. And I'm here to emote and be mad at it. I guess. Again, continuing uh, trending toward the end here. Mr. Littler concluded, quote, The truth in this case is Girl X was not a real friend of Boy Y or Brianna. Girl X was only interested in Girl X. Girl X wrote the play. She directed it. She produced it. She staged managed it. And she was always going to be the main character in it and enjoyed the limelight. Boy Huai was an extra. He did not stab her and did not intentionally participate in the stabbing, end quote. And then in bold letters, they just have the word proceeding. It's not over yet. I'm wondering if at this point the jury will go to deliberate or if the next articles going up will be closing statements from uh, Richard Pratt who is the defense attorney for Girl X. As we get toward the end, we are memorizing names now, aren't we? All right, folks, please be as safe as possible wherever you are. And um, hopefully, I've only been checking the YouTubes. Not a lot of folks are um, 
talking about this Brianna Jai uh, trial, which I've been saying Brianna Gay the whole time. It's Brianna Jai, to my understanding. Uh, so I should be uh, saying that correctly. Moving forward here, uh, apologies for that. And uh, But maybe in podcast world, maybe there's more folks um, dealing with this story. I should actually um, search my podcast application on my little smart device here to see if more folks are digging into this there as are on YouTube. All right, folks, once more, be as safe as possible wherever you are. It is now 1251 in the a.m. I have a shift to get to.